0: Hello investors, welcome to yet another edition of 18 Minutes with 180 Markets. Friends, supply and demand. If there is one question every great investor asks anywhere over in the world, over any time period, in any capacity, it is where is the structural demand versus supply and where is the imbalance? And that is why I'm so excited today to be joined by Stuart Dixon of Variskin Mines, because Stuart is hunting for base metals and specifically zinc that has a structurally very, very strong supply demand story. And he's looking anywhere and anywhere for it. But specifically, we're going to talk about his project in Spain. And with that introduction, Stuart, welcome to 18 Minutes with 180 Markets. you for that introduction, Greg. Hey, Stuart, everybody has a story. Can you just tell us in a couple of minutes about your background?
1: So the background to my involvement in Veriskin is um, I was approached by um, the company's major shareholders um, some years ago, who are Asian investors, uh, ultra high net worths who run their own private equity business in Singapore, and they asked me to join the company to lead um, some change, and um, and be very European focused, and that's culminated in the acquisition of um, the high grade, high quality. Um, zinc assets that we've acquired
0: in Spain a couple of years ago uh, and delighted to be pushing them forward. Right. And, you know, you, you said, you know, specifically in Europe. Can I just ask why specifically Europe? Is it just an area that you have expertise in or familiarity with? Or is there a certain, uh, you know, magic to Spain per se, especially for zinc? I, I think it's all
1: of the above, actually. Um, so my my working career professionally has been, um, been banking, uh, mining banking focused in London. Uh, with responsibility for Europe. Uh, since leaving banking, I've been involved in a number of companies in Europe um, and had a couple of exits for shareholders um, or delivering shareholder value for them uh, recently. So um, it's an area I feel very comfortable in. Obviously, I'm, I'm British uh, and Irish by background, so it's it's my backyard. And um, and so I think it's an area that's been often overlooked historically. For good and bad reasons, but I think now what we're seeing is a is a mega trend of relocalization of resources. Um, I think you you are definitely seeing Europe being a key driver of recognizing that they need supply chain security, and uh, they need supply chain uh, ethics, and um, they also need um, cost uh, advantage as well. So you know, Europe is a net importer of, of metals, effectively. And um, even as recently as this, in the last couple of weeks, you've had the European Battery Alliance, um, of which for is proud to be a member, um, putting out a joint statement, basically saying that they're making huge progress in their critical metal strategies. um, But the one area of weakness uh, still to work on is supply uh, in Europe and um, what they're proposing a number of proposals to uh, increase permitting uh, uh, speed and transparency to be able to get that through to be able to liberate um the metals which um which actually europe is very very well endowed
0: with yeah it sounds like it's extremely company friendly and then you know specifically can we turn to the zinc market for a second just tell investors about the zinc you know what is going on with the market and why is it so attractive
1: so a headline is zinc's on a tear uh right now <laughs> and um it's, uh, it's absolutely flying. So we're seeing a spot price of, of well over 4,000 US dollars per tonne. Um, we are approaching all-time highs, and certainly near-term highs have been smashed. Um, what's driving that is a number of things. So on the supply side, um, the energy dynamics, which certainly we're seeing in Europe is causing smelter shutdowns, has, has definitely um, led to, to reduction of supply of refined zinc, In the market you've seen falling inventory so if you look at lme warehouse stocks um they are very very low if you look at what's in the ports in uh in uh, bilbao or in rotterdam it's very very low um so you know there is supply concern and i don't think energy is going to change that uh or energy prices are going to change anytime soon up here so i think that's with us for for the long term You also have, um, you've had underinvestment in zinc mines for a long time, particularly in Europe. And um, I think that, um, you know, grade has generally fallen across a number of projects. Projects have not been brought on stream. And so that's where we're again, happy to be an outlier. Um, And the opportunity for us is with a high grade project with infrastructure in the heart of markets um, is a real opportunity for us. I think what I would say is on the demand side to that is, you're seeing huge growth in infrastructure spend. Um, You're seeing a growing realization of the importance of zinc as a critical metal um, as we all move towards net zero. So zinc has huge applications in uh, solar and uh, wind uh, energy generation. And those are, those are huge growth markets. So we expect the demand side to remain very
0: strong for zinc. Yes. And as I said in the introduction here, you always want to be investing where there's a supply-demand imbalance. And then, you know, specifically towards the Veriskin projects, you have two projects in Spain, one in northern and one in the southern, southern part. Up north, you know, Navales Udias project. Can you just tell us a little bit about it? And then maybe also we'll talk about the catalyst in the most recent news as well.
1: So it's a, um, it's a great project. Uh, it's a brownfield project with, 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 with a lot of greenfield upside. So we're de-risked in a number of ways because it's centered around a former producing uh, mine called the San Jose mine, which we commenced drilling last year and uh, are currently in the latter stages of phase two drilling currently. Um, this is a high grade asset. It's an mvt style area, deposits in the Basque-Cantabrian Basin. This is geology that's been well understood, and these assets were formerly all part of Astoriana de Zinc, which was a large uh, conglomerate, which was acquired by Glencore. Sorry, Extrata, which was then acquired by Glencore. Um, So we are just adjacent to uh, Rio Sin Mine, which is um, one of the world's largest MVT mines, which closed in 2003 as I said, operated by Extrata. So we're in the right address. We're in an oil field, already, we know that. And right. um, what, our, what our strategy is, is to pull together um, the, the, um, the resources that are in, in that area to look at whether we can restart uh, San Jose, bearing in mind what I said about price, we're in a super high price environment. Um, so let's look to take advantage of that and um, also make new discoveries in that area we we do not believe that there has been active exploration we do not believe um that um uh, that the that the oil field is fully depleted and i think the fact that we found lower lenses in san jose last year and have continued to extend them this year is testament to that um and so um, I'm very, su- super excited about, about the San, sorry, the Naval Azudius project, because not only has it got a great um, geology, it's got high grade zinc, it's got high grade right. head, but it's also the enabling factors. And these are things that typically kill projects. So what do I mean by that? This Please. is, this is infrastructure. So we are um, 35 minutes drive from Santander. This is an international port, deep water port. Uh, I was with the, um, the port manager on my last trip to Spain they're super keen to provide us with any warehousing shipping support that we may need for export um, we also have an international airport at Santander because I use it regularly um, and we also have uh, the, uh, the San Juan smelter which is operated by Glencore again sure. visited them recently down the road so we have routes to market whether it be domestically at San Juan which is the world's second largest zinc smelter um who who some uh, again a, a former Astoriana de Zinc asset so they understand a lot of the project that we have and we're you know we have a great collaboration sharing knowledge telling us how it was back in the day um we have a lot of mine development already in place uh, we have power on site we have water on site so when I say the enablers they're all, all sure they're all there.
0: right all those little pieces that you know people may take for granted or where certainly it can delay down, it's a, certainly it's, they spell delays for other projects for sure, and it could oftentimes be years. And costs as well.
1: So the capex that the projects then need to fund becomes huge.
0: Absolutely. And look, at, at, you know, at the San Jose mine, you know, you've done some recent drilling. What were the results and what have you learned? So San,
1: the, the phase two San Jose drilling was really to follow on the success of phase one, which we completed last year. Um, And that um, did a number of things for us. One, discovered lower lying lenses. So we've got an ore body which presents itself as a series of vertically stacked lenses. Um, They're not long, big tabular um, uh, style deposits. They're very much lenses, inconsistent, irregular. um, But we do see um, certain patterns akin to pine point, uh, which is a project that, that certain folks might know. Um, So this is, again, consistent with an MVT style deposit, clustered, pods, lenses, here and there. Um, So what the phase two drilling has really done is to to take that on. It's to extend those lenses. It's to make linkages between those lenses and uh, our last results um, pointed to that. It's continued to also uh, develop our understanding of the underground environment and what's happening. And that's really important as we take this learning and move it to Buena Aura, which is our exploration package around the San Jose mine. Right. And we're able to take those learnings and now get ready for surface drilling um, on, on that wider area. And this all is about building uh, our understanding of what is in the ground and what can we develop. Remember what I said, looking at how can we define
0: something where we think we could go mining early. Right, and you know the surface drilling that you just mentioned, You know, investors are always looking for, you know, what are the catalysts? What should we be looking for over the next 12 months? Which, you know, can you just talk about that, please?
1: So everything we've done has been very, very deliberate
0: um, and it's all been done for a reason. So
1: um, the the next catalyst will be um, the publication of geophysics on Buena Aura in preparation for our surface drilling. Doing geophysics is hugely important. Pre-drilling, de-risk your drilling So it typically identifies anomalies, typically identifies new targets and confirms existing targets. So you're getting more bang for your buck when you drill. So that work has been done and we'll be looking forward to reporting that really short, uh, really shortly. The drilling at San Jose, we've got assay results. Again, it's published that we're 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 expecting assays very soon from there. And then we uh, expect to have a further set of assays from from San Jose. So we've got drill drilling results, we've got geophysics results and at the same time we're also looking at uh, um, producing the so what and the so what here is you've got all this historic data you've got all this data de- uh, drilling that you've been done with geophysics what is the size and scale of this deposit looking like and i'm working very hard with 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 external consultants and our in-house in-house geological team to be able to come out with a with the so what and the scale and scope of this project and i'm super excited given that we have a 9K strike. Uh, down I can the hear bottom, it. And we have a 3K strike on the UDIUS trend. So what I really want to do is put some shapes, some numbers and to that, which will then inform how we then look to maybe
0: commission concept studies, restart studies of the San Jose mine. Fantastic. Fantastic. And now and moving on to the Guajarius project, can you just talk to us a little bit about that one?
1: So Guajaraz is, is almost like a look-alike in some ways because it's, again, a former brownfield uh, mine. It's centered on uh, La Union mine. Uh, again, for former high grade. This is much more poly- polymetallic. Um, so we're seeing quite significant silver grades there as well as seeing um, nice lead zinc grades as well. Um, we have un- 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 unashamedly focused on the Nevada Zudius project because that is our main effort. You need a flagship. Resource Sorry. allocation is super important for junior. Um, so we have done um, sampling down there in the last year. That came back with very positive results. And, uh, and we're currently planning geophysics down there. And we're also cu- currently planning drilling down there as well. So um, it's a super exciting project. Um, it does have to play second fiddle to Navalas um, because that's where I think greater value creation will occur, at least in the short term. And um, so we're lucky, we're blessed with two high-grade
0: de-risk deposits in Spain uh, and and lots of news to come from both. Right. And just to be clear, with those activities you just mentioned for Qoharis, would you expect them to take place over the next six to 12 months?
1: Yes. Yes, exactly right. Okay, great.
0: And then also, you know, let's not forget that in Australia also you have some small what I'd call upside optionality projects. Can you just discuss that a little bit for the audience? Because they may not be aware.
1: Yes, it's, it's I mean, Veriskin's heritage is actually in Australia, um, not only corporately, but but operationally. And so whilst we have tidied up over the years, some of our holdings, our legacy holdings, um, and realized value from those, we still do retain a number of working interests or NSRs in various different projects. And I think I would just point to sure. um, the NSR, the 2.5% NSR we have over a, a piece of exploration ground adjacent to the Woodlawn Mine in New South Wales, um, which just recently been bought and looking to restart that zinc mine. So again, it, it improves our exposure of zinc, not only from Spain, but also in Australia and is consistent with the thematic. You know, we, we're, we're very clear about zinc we're very clear about critical metals more widely and obviously zinc's role in that.
0: Hey Stuart, you know, I have to ask, you know, zinc hovering about $4,200 a ton, you know, really going crazy. What are investors missing with Veriscan, you know, and frankly, a lot of the zinc companies between the share prices and the commodity prices, because there really does seem a disconnect.
1: There's a huge disconnect, Greg. Um, And it's not just zinc. I mean, actually, when I look across um, probably the only one that's really truly mirroring commodity price growth and uh, equities growth is probably lithium, um, for sure. And and that's got a whole new set of supply demand dynamics to it. But um, I think certainly certainly there is a disconnect in, in our own share price. Um, I, you know I, I find it completely unjustifiable. Um, I think the market's missing out. Um, and the feedback we have is look, you know this is a great story. Um, you're cheap. And so, you know, my simple answer is, well, you know, let's, let, let's re-rate. And I think zinc has often been overlooked and because it's typically been controlled by a small number of folks and it's not an area where juniors typically have had access to. And so, um, you know, certainly in the in a, in a wider global sense. So, you know, and I think more of the focus has been on copper in the base metal space, but I think It's worth just pointing out that zinc outperformed copper in 2021. Zinc was up 28% in 2021. That certainly outperformed copper. And is already up 25% year to date, again, outperforming copper. So, um, you know, while people feel that copper is the greatest way to play critical metals, um, it's clearly not. Um, So, um, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with copper, but, you know, I think zinc zinc is overlooked. And um, I think that those, those chickens will come home to roost, um, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Hey Stuart, we have to keep these interviews short, but for the audience, if there are one or two points about Varuskin that you really wanna leave the audience with, can you just let us know what they would be?
1: So I think they would be de-risked, um, great commodity exposure,
0: uh, undervalued, and, uh,
1: and set for growth.
0: Absolutely, and including up-and-coming drilling results. Stuart, thank you so much for your time. We're definitely looking forward to staying in touch with you, seeing these results, and as we said, you know, enjoying this huge supply-demand story. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching another presentation by 180 Markets. Don't forget, if you want access to thousands of ASX capital raises, head on over to 180markets.com.au, sign up, and get on board for our very next capital raise. Thanks for watching.